0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Sitkins could be getting a one-time $300 utility subsidy. That's on the Assembly's agenda when the group meets tonight. City staff say conservative budgeting plus high sales tax returns from a historic tourist season have led to a sizable surplus. In September, $4 million was deposited into the Public Infrastructure Sinking Fund. Now, several Assembly members have suggested dispersing another $1 million from the surplus into Sitkins' utility accounts with a one-time credit. If they approve the account credit tonight, the money will automatically apply to any utility accounts that have been open for the last year. In other business, the Assembly will hear a report from the Sustainability Commission, and it will consider whether to put just over $200,000 toward the purchase of a human resources information system. According to a memo from Municipal Administrator John Leach, it's the same system used by the state of Alaska and many other municipal governments. The new system would streamline and centralize the city's HR processes. Leach hopes it would reduce turnover in the HR department and give the city access to a national job board, which would boost employee recruitment. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. European green crabs haven't made it to Sitka. Not yet, anyway. During the Alaska Invasive Species Partnership Workshop Thursday in Sitka, experts from around coastal Alaska spoke about current strategies to fight these invasive crabs and how communities like Sitka can work to avoid being a pit stop for these crafty crustaceans.
1: Simple, five spines on either side of the eyes, three bumps in between the eyes.
2: Tammy Davis is the Invasive Species Program Coordinator for the Alaska Department of Fish and Game. She's teaching a room full of people in Sitka how to identify invasive green crabs, which, surprisingly, are not always green.
1: They can be brown, they can be orangish, reddish, yellowish. They're four inches, an adult is four inches across the back of the carapace.
2: European green crabs first reached the Pacific coast in 1989, but it wasn't until 2022 that they showed up in Alaska. Davis remembers the moment she learned green crabs had been found in Matlakatla last summer.
1: I think we were all really close to tears because while we didn't, we should have, we knew they were coming, but. We didn't think they would
2: come this soon, I guess. Janelle Winter is the Climate and Energy Grant Coordinator for Metlakatla Indian Community. While Metlakatla is the only place in Alaska where green crabs have been positively identified, Winter says it's likely they've already spread.
0: The numbers that we're finding them in give us, we're pretty sure that there are other places, we just haven't found them yet. And with that right now, we're just under 3,000 crab, total that have been caught since 2000, their discovery in 2022.
2: She says aggressive trapping combined with early detection has made it easier to reduce their spread.
0: First thing that was found was the first um, shell and that uh, triggered that response to, to really start intensifying our trapping and then modifying how and where to make sure that we were, we were really actually putting the traps where the crab were. And, and now um, those guys, they have it dialed in, something fierce.
2: Outside of Alaska, though, these crabs tend to decimate eel grass beds, which are critical habitat for young salmon and other critters that could have long-term effects on commercial fisheries. They're also voracious eaters of clams and other small crabs. They reproduce quickly, and they can survive in a wide range of environments. Davis says communities like Sitka should be on the lookout. It seems
1: so... Uh, Frightening and negative to say it's inevitable, but um, based on ocean currents, uh, it's likely, I would say. We don't actually have good uh, oceanographic information about currents in the Alexander Archipelago, so some of our southeast communities may be slightly more protected if currents tend to go out along the coast, unfortunately that puts Sitka more likely.
2: Davis says Alaskans can help by learning how to identify green crabs and looking out for them on beach walks. While collecting some invasive species requires a permit, Davis says beachcombers can collect potential green crabs for the purposes of reporting, but they should keep the crab in a container and call the Invasive Species Hotline or report online.
0: You can report Invasive Species online through the Alaska Department of Fish and Game website or by calling the Invasive Species Hotline at one 877 Invasiv, Southeast Alaska's House District Two representative Rebecca Himshute was in Petersburg last week to talk with constituents ahead of her second legislative session. Himschut spent some of her summer visiting communities throughout her district and says she heard the same two concerns in all twenty-one
3: communities. Ferries are top of mind, so that continues to be a huge thing, and then. People are pretty concerned about education funding. I think everyone is pretty clear that we really need an increase in the BSA to be a permanent increase that schools can count on. That's, you know, I'm not going to call it a permanent fix because there's so much more to education than just the funding, but none of the rest of it can happen without the funding. So um, an increase to the base student allocation is probably my number one priority going forward. Um, The ferries are an ongoing issue, And so I don't want to say it's a secondary issue. They're probably equally important in this region. Um, But the ferries are kind of in progress. And um, I have reasons for optimism with the ferries. We have a really excellent director right now, came from private industry, and is bringing a a whole career of experience into sort of refurbishing and rebuilding the ferry system. Um, There's some funding to do it, thanks to Senator Murkowski. The other thing that makes me optimistic is the, the chair's for transportation in the House and Senate have both had conversations with me in which they express support for the ferries and an understanding of how important the ferries are for our region. So all of that comes together to make me think we're going in the right direction. It just isn't going to be fast. It's something where people have been, um, I would say, beyond patient over the last several years. People will advocate over and over for the ferries and we've just watched it decline and decline and decline. And I think the decline is more or less arrested right now. You know, we have the staff issues and the aging vessels, so we're still not anywhere near having great service, but I think we're going to bounce and begin to build it back up. So the um, AMHS is in a, a long-range planning process, and that makes everybody crazy because planning, it's just another binder on a shelf. But Um, you do have to have a plan in order to make sure you don't have docks that don't match vessels and vessels that can't dock everywhere and parts that aren't universal across vessels. And so that planning process is potentially going to lead to a solid path going forward. Um, And people are just going to have to be patient another few years, and we should start to see it turn around. Okay. Um, What challenges do you anticipate this session? Um, well, I mean, there's the obvious gigantic challenge of it being the second half of the legislature. So the 33rd legislature will come to an end, we hope, in May. And that means that every bill that's in play right now and any bills that are added are on the table. And whatever bill doesn't get passed dies and has to be introduced in the 34th legislature. So people are going to be in there, you know, going to the mat for their bill. So as we come to the end, there's a lot of Uh, grappling over which things should actually get through in this legislature. But then it seems like it would be a good problem to have. The price of oil has been high, and that's probably going to result in about a billion extra dollars for the state, which is great news. There will be a lot of fighting about what should happen with that. So I've already heard rail belt colleagues talking about so to speak, solving Anchorage's energy crisis. And when you're in rural Alaska, it's kind of hard to think about an energy crisis in the rail belt. You know, like, look at the prices that most rural Alaskans pay. And, of course, Petersburg and SEPA, um, those prices aren't as high here, but in a lot of parts of this district and certainly out in western Alaska, the prices of energy are extremely high. So when Anchorage says they want help with their energy crisis, I put that in quotes, energy crisis, it's um, um, hard for me to get behind needing to make a solution that serves just that portion of the state. Mm-hmm. So having a little bit of extra money is an opportunity, but with opportunity comes quite a bit of, I guess, wrangling over whose opportunity is it. So I'd, I'd like to find capital projects or um, deferred maintenance across the state because there's a lot of it. So if we have a little bit of extra one-time money, how can we equitably share that across the state and, and really help all regions? You announced that you're running again in 2024. Correct. Why is that? So when I got to Juneau, it's been an incredible honor so far to serve. And learning about each of the 21 communities and each community's needs has been incredibly helpful. But I don't feel like I've been able to do much about it yet. And so as I climb that steep learning curve, I think I'll become more effective at being able to actually craft policies that serve my region, protect my region from policies that are bad. Um, but it takes time. I don't think, as a first-year legislator, that um, that I knew everything I needed to know, and I'm still learning. Uh, so I think it's a job that requires more than a year or two of service to actually be able to to do the things that need to be done for the region. So I'm committed. I'm I want to I want to continue.
0: That was Alaska State Representative Rebecca Hemshoot of House District 2 speaking with KFSK's Hannah Floor. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.
1: This is more.